Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father Almighty God, tonight we gather and we just thank you. We thank you for each person present. Most of all, Father, we thank, we thank you for the fact that you are present. Holy Spirit, we lean upon you totally. We yield to your ministry and we pray that you open up the word to us tonight. Father, do those things which only you can do. Strengthen, comfort, heal, change, grant freedom, grant liberty. Father Almighty God, tonight, we thank you for all that you have done and all that you will do. Father Almighty God, as we sit at your feet, please open your storehouses and pour out into our lives. We just give you thanks and praise. We welcome each person. We celebrate those that are listening by podcast, and we thank you for their diligence and their determination just to spend time with you. Father Almighty God, we worship you and we praise you. In Jesus' most holy name, amen and amen. Tonight, we're starting um, for the month of November. So for the month of November, we're picking up a different topic and we're picking up the word that was spoken over our lives at the beginning of the year. And we're going to our, our text tonight our foundational text, and it will be our text for the next four weeks, is Luke chapter 5, and we're going to read from verses 1 to 11. Luke 5, verses 1 to 11. And for those of you that um, do remember, but if this, is your, if this happens to be your first time, we agree a lot of people have come on board um, over the year, the word over our lives was launch out into the deep, that this is a year where the Lord, or this is a season, that the Lord is saying, launch out, go beyond the boundaries that you've had before. And that the Lord said, and let down your nets for a draft, that there's something out there. There's something on the outside of normal for you, but God will step in and something amazing will happen. And that was our word. And that's been our word over the year. We come to the 11th month and we're going to speak about that today. And so if you can turn in your Bibles, ladies and gentlemen, that will be wonderful. Please turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 5, and I'm going to read from verses 1 to 11. Luke 5, verses 1 to 11. The Bible says the following, and it came to pass that as people pressed upon him, I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible, ladies and gentlemen, as people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake but the fishermen were gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. That's an old English word for a catch. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. And that's what we're going to focus on tonight, ladies and gentlemen. There are loads of things we could focus on. But one of the things we want to talk about, the reason we're going over this um, 
in November, thinking that this was spoken over our lives in January, is this. Ladies and gentlemen, although this is God's word over our lives, it's not limited to 2022. A promise is a promise. God says, this is what this season is. The Lord says, and the focus verse is verse four. He says, launch out into the deep. That word is available. And this is the beautiful thing about the kingdom of God and the wonderful thing about the Bible. That promise is there for the taking. God's not going to take it back. God is not going to take back his word. Now, if you go back with us a few years, you'll realize that there's certain things that the Lord has said over the last two or three years, and he's still causing them to come to pass today. Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19. Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19, where the Bible says that, behold, I do a new thing. I'll read it for accuracy. Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. And so the Bible says, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we, that came to us two years ago. And it's been the driving force behind what we've been doing in Jesus' house. And I hope what's been happening in your life. But it's not over. And that means this is the thing. The, because that word has been spoken, if it is yours, and this is something that we've got to, we want to talk about tonight. If it's yours, go out and grab it. Do whatever you can. Sit with those words. Speak them over your lives. Do what the Bible says. Look at them in the light of this is what happens. And, they, and when we think about it, those words that are believed, they are the things that change our lives. When the Bible says it, so those promises are ours. The Bible says the following, and this is what I want you to hold on to about the promises of God. Um, if you can turn in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. 2 Corinthians verse chapter 1. I'll put it in the chat for you. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20. And the Bible says the following, for all the promises of God in him, that's Jesus Christ, are yea, and in him are men, unto the glory of God by us. Ladies and gentlemen, when God gives us a promise, it's there for the taking. And so, yes, we're coming to November, but that does not mean that that word is now ineffective. You still, the word is there for you to go out after and grab it. And we're going to look at one of the aspects of that tonight. But I want you to realize, and, and this is what I, want to, I wanted to say first, that number one, the promise is there. Number two, the reason the promise will come to pass is not because of you or I. It's because of what Jesus Christ has done. And because of what Jesus Christ has done, when God gives us a promise, we can go after it and we can appropriate it. And that's what I want to do. Many times when we hear a word in January or we hear a word at the watch night service or we hear a word spoken as prophetic, many times we forget it. We forget it. And although it is true, we, we you know, we'll chase after it for a while, but then we will forget. But that word is just waiting there for us to come to pass. And so, ladies and gentlemen, can you kindly, and I'm going to, I'll put this into the chat just so we can wrap up this this concept, because I really want you to be brave enough to go after the word of God. Habakkuk chapter two, reading from verses one to four, has some fantastic advice. Habakkuk two, reading from one to four. The Bible says, I'll read, um, I'll read from the King James Version of the Bible, and the Bible says the following. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables 
that he may run that readeth it. Verse 3, for the vision is for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Verse 4, behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. That's the Lord is speaking to something else to Habakkuk about the context of this particular conversation. But then the Lord makes an amazing statement and he says, but the just shall live by his faith. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to believe the words of God that you've received this year, the promises and the reassurance. Yes, and those promises are true irrespective. And we've come into a, a season when we need those promises to come to pass. We need to see God take you from where you are into the next season of your life. We've come to a place where we need to see the miraculous. And the, that's what we're going to be talking, part of what we're going to be talking about tonight. But I want you to begin to realize, ladies and gentlemen, when God makes you a promise, he is faithful and he is just, and he will keep his word to you. When God makes a promise, he does not break it. He does not break his promise. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what does Habakkuk tell us? He says, when you hear a word like we heard at the beginning of the year, write it down. When the Bible says, make it plain upon tables, that means make it clear. And the Bible then says, so that he that readeth it, he may run that readeth it. Now, I always thought that was writing for somebody else. No, the Lord wants you and I to read it. And the reason he wants us to read, go over the word time and time again is this. Every time we go back to that promise, the same level of inspiration, the same level of drive, the same level of encouragement that we got when we first heard it is released into our life again. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is your year to launch out into the deep. This is your year where the miraculous is going to make a difference. This is your year where God is going to cause the miraculous to shape what happens next in your lives. And so I wanted you to really encourage you that please hold on to that word. And so we're going to have a look at an aspect of um, what that word is about launching out into the deep. We're going to have a look at it tonight. And we're looking at it one thing. And so I'm going to go back to Luke 5, but we've, we've got our declaration at 7, um, 7.14. And I'm going to just take that and then we'll, we'll step into the rest of tonight's teaching. But this is what I want you to remember, ladies and gentlemen. When God makes you a promise, there's a scripture that's coming into my heart, and, and it's this one. Uh, Matthew 11, verse 12. And the Bible says the following, Matthew 11 verse 12 and from the days of john the baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffereth violent violence and the violent taketh it by force ladies and gentlemen the word is available but you're going to have to go out for it you're going to have to do your part reach out and just trust the lord and he's going to make that word come to pass. I'm very excited about it. For, forgive me. I'm really, really excited about it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's 7.14, and we're going to take our declaration. And let's do it together. For those of you that don't know it, it came from 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. That's why we do it at 7.14 in the morning and 7.14 in the evening. Oh, Lord, we are your people, called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray. We seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name, we pray. We declare our land is healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. And wherever you are, ladies and gentlemen, may God heal your land. May God heal wherever you are. May God restore the land that you are in, to abundance, to kindness. May God be kind. Okay, may God restore. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let's turn and let's go to our main text for tonight. Remember, the promises are there. This is still your year. It's still your season. 
And God is not limited to a 12-month period. He said in this season, in this season, this word is available. This is your opportunity to step into the new. This is your opportunity for God to do a new thing. This is your opportunity for you to launch out into the deep and change your experience, change your life. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a look at an aspect of that tonight. Um, yes, I am very excited. Turning your Bibles, um, we've turned there before, and I'll go back to Luke chapter 5, verses 1, and I'll read from there. And the Bible says, and it came to pass as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. He stood by the lake Genesaret. Now, that means Jesus had a challenge. He wanted to preach to all the people, but they were pressing around him. So they had formed a crowd. And so he really couldn't get to all of them. And he turns around and he sees two ships behind him. Verse two, and two ships stand and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of them, which was Simon's, and he said to him, can you thrust a little bit out of the land? And the Bible says that was what the Lord needed at that point in time. And I want you to keep this in mind. The Lord will not ask you for what you do not have. The Lord will not set a task in front of you. He will not ask or make a demand of you for something you do not have. That's not how he functions. And this is key. That means what you have is sufficient when God anoints it to turn your circumstances and your seasons. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus needed somewhere to preach from. That was the Lord's need at that point in time. Peter meets that need. He, Peter pushes out from the land, so the people stand on the shore. And the beautiful thing about it is voices carry beautifully over water. So Jesus's voice would have been lovely and amplified, and he taught them from the boat. What he spoke about, you'll find in Mark 4, you can look at that, but that's, a, that's another sermon for another day. Jesus finishes speaking, and now this is the principle I want us to look at. When you or I, ladies and gentlemen, this is something key, when Jesus said, launch out into the deep, when a man identifies the needs of God and meets them, Ladies and gentlemen, we will find, and we're going to look at examples tonight, that the Lord will provide for that man from that harvest or miraculous act, and he will provide for that person. So what happens? Peter says to the Lord, the Lord says, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Notice what Peter says, and the Bible says, And Simon answering him said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night, and we've caught nothing. That means we've used this boat, and it's born, we've got no fish. We've had a rough night, we've hit a tough season, and our family are looking to go hungry for the day, at least for the day, until we can start fishing again in the night. And notice the Bible says, he said, we, we've caught nothing. It's been a tough night. Now you're asking us to do something out of season. The Bible says that he then ends his phrase or ends his statement with the following. He said, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Now notice. Peter gave Jesus his boat, and that boat met the needs of the Lord. Notice what happens next. And when they had this done, that means when they did what Jesus asked, pushed out from the land, went out into the deep, threw down the net, that which had not worked in season, worked in abundance, out of season. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to please hold on to this principle, especially in the times that we are. 
when you find the opportunity to meet the needs of the Lord, and and let, let's let's be let's understand something, and we're going to have a look at what that means. Meeting the needs of the Lord, the Lord will put things in front of you where you have what is required to meet his needs. He won't ask you for what you don't have. Peter only had his boat. He had no fish. He had no resources. He had had a tough night. But when he put that boat at the service of Jesus Christ, it was the same boat with the anointing of the Lord that the Lord said, fine, this boat with my word in it will now meet your needs in a remarkable way. So will it happen with you. And this is what I want you to realize in this season. And this is one of the beautiful things about launching out into the deep. As you step out to trust the Lord, he has already worked out what is going to happen and he will outrun your hopes and your desires. But the principle is actually quite simple. When a man meets the needs of God, the Lord in return from that very same thing meets the needs of that person. So will it be with you. So that means when you put your skills, your abilities, or what you have at the service of the Lord to meet his needs. And I'll give you an I'll I'll show you what I mean. So, so we don't get too um, carried away. When we say meeting the needs of the Lord, turn in your Bibles, please, ladies and gentlemen, to Matthew chapter 25. And we are going to turn to read from verse 25. We're going to read a few verses. Um, it speaks about the man with the talent. So I'll, I'll read, I'll go further down. I'll actually read from 31. So we're going to read from verse 31, ladies and gentlemen, verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. This is Matthew 25, verse 31. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as the shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them that are on his right hand, that's where the sheep are, Come ye blessed of my father and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then Jesus says the following. For I was unhungered and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Verse 37, then the righteous shall answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw, we, when saw we thee a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we sick or in prison and came unto thee? And Jesus will say the following, and the king shall answer and say unto them, verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Ladies and gentlemen, let me say this carefully. When it comes to meeting the needs of the Lord, like I said, the Lord will only ask you for what you have. Time, kindness, a smile, an extra jumper, a meal a little, an extra amount, whatever it may be. But the law, I mean, think about it. Notice the things. He didn't say you got me out of prison. All he said was, you visited me. He didn't say you came to heal. He said, you just came and you were with me when I was sick. I was naked. You covered me. And that is both um, physically and metaphorically whereby you cover people, where you protect people that are down. You, you don't allow people who um, are going through a difficult time to, to suffer shame or embarrassment. You're kind. You give somebody a seat on the bus. What I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, is this. Meeting the needs of God, the Lord will always ask what you have, 
what is within your reach. Notice Jesus only asked Peter for what was within his reach. He didn't say for anything else. He just said, push the boat out and then leave it still. That's all he asked for. The Lord is about to do the same thing for you and I, especially in seasons like we are in, where we find ourselves needing the miraculous to get through the month or the miraculous to get through the next few months, to get through Christmas, to get through New Year. The Lord will bring people across your path that he will cause you to bless. And what you will realize is what he will do in return is going to blow your mind. And so we realize meeting the needs of God is simple. There's a, um, we'll go to um, a scripture that says that so we understand. And then we'll go to another one. Kindly turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 12. 12, the Bible says, for if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. Ladies and gentlemen, what that means is this. When the Lord asks you for anything, he will only ask for what is within your reach. What do you have? An extra hour you can volunteer with, an extra coat, extra resources, an extra meal, something for a food bank, an act of kindness, time, an extra conversation, what he will do. And the Bible says, in the same way that you have provided for somebody else, God will provide for you. And so let's have a look at some examples of that. And hopefully that will encourage you. And this is what I'm saying. Launching out into the deep means letting the Holy Spirit guide you into a really amazing place. So let's have a look at a few examples. Let's look at some, some, some big ones. Now, there, there are other smaller ones, but let's look at some really nice ones. Turning your Bibles, ladies and gentlemen, to Genesis 22. Genesis 22. And I'm going to read, the story is wonderful. Genesis 22, I will paraphrase the story. Um, God has asked Abraham, please present to me your son. And that's in, I'll read from verse one. And it says, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and he said unto him, Abraham. And he said, behold, here I am. And he said, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I shall tell thee. And the Bible says the following verse three, and Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Verse six, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife and they both went and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto his Abraham, his father, this is I'm at verse seven, Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here am I, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering so they went both of them together and they came to the place which god had told him of and abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood and abraham stretched forth his hand and took took the knife to slay his son and the angel of the lord called unto him out of heaven and said abraham abraham and he said here am i and he said lay not thy hand upon the lad neither do thou anything unto him for now i know that thou fearest god seeing thou hast not withheld thy son thine only son from me verse 13 
And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Now, I'm going to pause there, ladies and gentlemen, so I can say something. The Lord asked Abraham to do something. He asked him, offer up your son. That is a very special relationship. And it was a, there was a unique need. Um, the Lord says, offer up your son. Abraham does so, but he doesn't kill his son. But the Lord realized that he had actually released his son, trusting him that he will keep his word that out of your son, your seed will come and they'll be, become a mighty nation. The Bible records that Abraham said to his son, God will provide an offering for himself. Notice, ladies and gentlemen, when Abraham obeys God, he turns around and behind him, there is an offering that has already been put in place before they arrive. Please hear me, ladies and gentlemen, especially in this season. I want you to realize as you step out of the boat, as you go out of the boundaries of ordinary, to launch out into the deep, God's provision will be waiting for you there. He already, the Lord knew where he was leading Abraham to. So he made sure that there was a ram there, that once this man does this, I'm going to stop him and I'm going to let the ram be offered up. And that's going to be the offering. But that's not the end of the story. And so I just want you to realize when you obey the Lord, he will provide. He will meet you where you are, and he's going to do that in remarkable terms. So I'm going to keep reading, and I'm going to now pick up the narrative from verse 14. That is Genesis 22, verse 14. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, by myself, I have sworn, saith the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing and not withheld thy son and thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven. And as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. And the Bible says, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my son. The Lord said, because you've given me your son, I will now give you a family that is so large that they will not be able to count them. In the very same way, let's understand the principle. Abraham offered up the Lord his son. The beautiful thing about it, ladies and gentlemen, was that when Abraham offered up his son, he didn't realize he was meeting the needs of the Lord because the Lord needed the freedom to bring his son into the world so that he might be a a Messiah. Because Abraham had done that, that gave the Lord the opportunity to freely bring Jesus into the world. In return, the Lord says, and he never says it again in scripture. He says, by myself, I have sworn. And I will not only multiply your children, but everybody who comes to me by faith will go to you. That means you will have a family larger than anybody else on the planet. And so I want you to realize, ladies and gentlemen, when Abraham met the needs of the Lord in the very same place and in the very same way, the Lord said, you will receive from me exactly the same thing. You gave me your child. I'm going to give you children. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize when you get the opportunity to meet the needs of the Lord, he in turn will meet your needs in a very amazing and unusual way. Very amazing and unusual way. So the Bible says, and this is what, to wrap this up, 
the Bible says, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. And that meant the Lord could bring Jesus Christ, the Messiah, into the world. And God rewarded Abraham for that. When you meet the needs of the Lord, and it will not be arduous, the Lord in turn will meet your needs from that very place in the same way you've done it. Now, let's have a look at another example. Um, Turning your Bibles, please, to 1 Samuel, chapter 1. 1 Samuel 1. And ladies and gentlemen, the story, I'll, I'll tell you the story. The Bible says that there's a man called Elkanah. He has two wives. One wife has not had children and one wife has. And the wife that has not had children, he loves her a, a lot. And then her name was Hannah. Every year that they go to Jerusalem to worship, the lady who has children tortures Hannah that you don't have children, I have children, and so on and so forth. Um, we'll start from well, 1 Samuel 1, but I'll tell you which verse we'll come to. I'm just giving you a summary of the... Um, I'll, we will pick up the narrative from verse 9. So 1 Samuel 1. And we will pick up the narrative from verse nine. And so he, she basically torments her. Hannah's having a really tough time. One particular year, she's just so upset. She won't eat. She won't worship. And her husband says that, listen, am I not better to you than seven sons? And she's, she, he loves her. She knows it. So she basically gets involved. She gets involved with the worship. She gets involved with the celebration. And the Bible records Verse nine is where we will pick up the narrative. What Hannah did not know at that point in time, the Lord was looking for a prophet. He was looking for somebody who would be a faithful prophet because the sons of Eli had gone well, very wayward. Verse nine. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon the seat by a post of the temple of the Lord and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore and she vowed a vow and said O Lord of hosts if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me and not forget thy handmaid but will give unto thy handmaid a man child then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life and there shall no razor come upon his head and it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she, she had been drunken or she, had been, she was drunk. And Eli said unto her, how long wilt thou be drunken? Put thy wine away from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Verse 16, Count not thy handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Verse 17, Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace. And the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, let thy handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat and her countenance was no more sad. Let me pause there for a moment. When Hannah finishes making her vow, let me explain that the Lord will make sure that your provision is near you. You must understand the temple in Jerusalem is city-sized. Thousands of people moving around. For the high priest to be near where Hannah is, the odds are beyond amazing. But because she had set her mind 
to meet the needs of God, albeit inadvertently. The Bible made sure Eli was present, who was God's representative at that point in time. Now it's different. At that point in time, the Lord made sure he was present. The Lord made sure he noticed. And the Lord made sure he had a blessing when she finished praying. And notice he said, may the God of Israel grant you your petition. Ladies and gentlemen, may I humbly say this in the name of the Lord Jesus. May the God of Israel grant you your petition. And the Bible says at that point in time, she just realized that it's done, that it's done. She then rises up and she goes home. Ladies and gentlemen, please listen to what happens next. Verse, um, verse 19. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned. That means they went home and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Where the same place that there was failure before, because she had found that I'll meet the needs of God, the Lord remembered her, and that which was empty became full. But the story is not over because we really want to drive home the point. Hannah has a child, wonderful story. And if anybody is believing God for a child, so may it be unto you or your loved ones. May the God of Israel grant you your petition and may he do what you have asked and may you be remembered and may God grant you a child. But let's keep going. Hannah keeps her word. She brings... Um, she brings the young man, Samuel, who she named. She brings him to the temple, and that's where he stays. But now I want you to notice. Come with me, please, to 1 Samuel 2. In 1 Samuel 2, Hannah sings a wonderful song. 1 Samuel 2, and I'll pick up the narrative from verse 19. Remember, Hannah has preserved the priesthood in the life of the kingdom of Israel because of what she's done. 1 Samuel 2.19. Moreover, his mother made him a little coat, that's Hannah, because he now lives and serves in the temple, and brought it to him from year to year. And when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice, Verse 20, and Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife and said, the Lord give thee seed of this woman for the loan which is lent to the Lord. And they went unto their own home. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters, and the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, it was the priesthood that she preserved that spoke a word of blessing and recompense over her life that now changes her future. Ladies and gentlemen, when you meet the needs of the Lord, in the very same way, space, and manner, the Lord will meet your needs. And this is what it means to launch out into the deep. What did she do? She just decided that, you know what, Lord, I, I, I just want this label removed. I don't want to be called barren. I just want to have the joy of having the child, and I'll give him to you. Little did she know, ladies and gentlemen, that she was shaping the future of Israel because Samuel is the one who eventually anoints David. Such a pivotal thing. She had no idea, but the Lord made sure before Eli's time was done that Eli speaks a recompense blessing over Elkanah and his wife, Hannah. 
and she has five children. Ladies and gentlemen, may I take this opportunity to speak a recompense blessing over you. May the Lord bless you for what you are about to do, for what you will do in the future, for when you are kind to somebody, for when you give somebody a seat on the tube, for when you help somebody at work, when you support somebody going through a difficult time. May the Lord bless you the same way and may it multiply. And I say this without any reservation because the principle is throughout scripture. Throughout the scripture, there's, there are lots of ones that we can look at. And so let's look at a couple more uh, and, and hold on to the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, as you launch out into the deep. Now notice, when remember what? The Lord will not ask you for what you do not have to give. He didn't say it has to be much. He just says, give me what you have. And the rest I will do. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to, I want you to, um, let's have a, let's, let's look at a couple. We've got a couple more to look at. We've got a few minutes and, and then we'll, we'll say a prayer, but there are a couple more. The principle is real. And the principle is across the Bible. So ladies and gentlemen, please turn in your Bible um, to I, Genesis chapter 41. Genesis chapter 41. And actually, Joseph, Genesis 45 because of time, I'm going to, I would love to tell you the whole story, but Genesis 45, we're going to pick up Genesis 45 and we're going to start from verse one. Joseph has become prime minister of Egypt. He has interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. Pharaoh has made him prime minister and given him, and Joseph basically saves the life of the known world through Egypt's resources. His brothers come and the, you know, they bow down just like his dream. And that's, just, again, it's, it's preacher's material, but I want you to focus on a principle today, if, if that's okay. And Joseph is now about to tell his brothers, this is who I am. And I want you to please listen to the words that he says. Genesis 45, verse one. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him, and he cried, cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren, and he wept aloud. And the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I'm going to stop at verse 5. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, come near to me, I pray you. And they came near and he says, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. And so, ladies and gentlemen, Joseph meets the needs of the Lord. He meets the needs of Pharaoh. He meets the needs of the Egyptians. From the resources of the Egyptians, the Lord takes care of Israel. When you meet the needs of God, from the place you do so, God will turn round and bless you. So what does God do for Joseph? He feeds the whole of his family, keeps them alive in famine, and so will the Lord do for you. The Lord will cause things that you have done in the past, things that good you have done to many people in the past, to cause provision to meet you when you need it the most. I know this is true, because if you turn with me to Acts chapter 10, 
and I'll start reading from verse 1. Acts 10 from verse 1. The Bible says there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid. And he said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and thine arms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodges with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. Cornelius's acts of kindness and Cornelius's acts of mercy to others where he was generous. His acts of generosity when he had a lot went ahead of him. So when he needed God the most, the Bible says the angel came to him and says, your arms and your prayers have built what? A memorial before God. I want somebody to be encouraged that listen carefully. The things you have done in the past will cause provision to show up in your future. Just hold on to God's word. Because notice, and this is what happened to Joseph. Joseph kept Egypt alive. God said, I will keep Israel alive from what you have done. So will it be with you. Ladies and gentlemen, the last example, we're going to we'll pull the last example from the New Testament. And so please come with me to John chapter six. And this is why I, I want you to be encouraged that don't forget the word of the Lord for this year that launch out into the deep. But notice what Jesus said. He said, there's a catch on the end of it. There is a breakthrough on the end of it. There is a miracle on the end of it. You may have to step outside your comfort zone. You may have to step outside. It may be outside the ordinary. You may have to do something unusual, but there is a blessing on the end of it. So please hold on to God's word this year. And where you meet God's needs in the lives of others, God is going to meet your needs. The principle is unbreakable. It's actually true throughout the Bible. Turn with me, please, to John chapter 6. And I'm going to read from verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did upon them that were diseased. And ladies and gentlemen, um, John 6, verse 1. John 6, verse 1. It's where I'm going to pick up. John 6, verse 1. Okay? All right. The previous one, ladies and gentlemen, was Acts 10. I know I'm going a little bit fast. Um, verses 1 to 6. There we go. All right. So hopefully we're all caught up now. I'm reading from John 6, verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. Verse 3. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And his disciples and the Passover feast of the Jews was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? He wants to feed the people. And he said, and this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to pause there. For someone, when the Lord gives you an instruction, it is only because he has a response on the other end of it. Jesus knew what he was going to do but he wanted to involve his disciples. And so please, ladies and gentlemen, when the Lord tells you to do that thing, it will be within your reach 
know that he wants to change your experience and change your life. Verse seven, Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, but everyone may take a little. Verse eight, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, there is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, make the men sit down. And now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down. Like, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that nothing be lost. Pause. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Pause. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to focus. I, it is preacher's material, but I want to wrap this up this way tonight. The young man that gave Jesus his lunch, he had enough for three days. It was, he was a young person. So he probably, it will be enough to keep him going for one or two days. It was a young person's lunch. The Bible says when he gives it to Jesus, they just say, make everybody sit down. So the young man would have sat down in one of the groups and he would have sat down in those groups of 50 and sat down. The Bible says Jesus causes an abundance to come so that that young man focusing only on him for this particular story. That young man went from enough to more than enough. The Bible says, when the Bible says they ate as much as they needed, that means they didn't just eat enough to get through. It was enough, literally, to eat enough, and they were absolutely filled. That means they could eat no more. So, ladies and gentlemen, what's the principle? When the young man gave Jesus his lunch, he went from enough to more than enough. Ladies and gentlemen, when the Lord asks you to launch out into the deep and he says, give me what you have. From that very thing that you gave him, he will make sure your needs are met and he will move you from enough or not enough to more than enough. The principle is true throughout scripture. And I would love you to hold on to it as you go into the next few weeks. Do not be afraid. God has gone before you. No matter what any economy says, no matter what the numbers say, no matter what the news says, God is true to his word. And he has put on your pathway opportunities to move you from enough to more than enough. What is, how is he going to do that? He is going to cause people to come across your path that have less than you. People that need what you have. Information, guidance, kindness, time, a lift somewhere to go, an extra coat, something you have, he's going to cause what you need to come into your hands. And so ladies and gentlemen, this is your year of launching out into the deep. Notice when Peter launches out into the deep, not only does his boat provide for his daily needs, he gets such a catch that the next three and a half years, he can follow Jesus around and not worry about his family. So may it be with you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's pause tonight and let's say a prayer as we close. I join my faith with everybody and I specifically join my faith with anybody who's afraid, who feels that the next few weeks are going to be difficult or that it's not going to be enough. I pray with you that as you launch out into the deep, the Lord will cause what you have to become more than enough. The Lord will cause things that you've done in the past 
to create provision in your future. The Lord will cause the very things that you make happen to be a blessing for you. So when that person says to you, God bless you, it will reverberate in heaven and it will trigger miracles on your behalf. We also acknowledge that there are people listening that will need a miracle. They may need a miracle of healing, a miracle of any kind of breakthrough. Whatsoever it is, I join my faith with yours. I humbly do so. And we believe the Lord who is faithful to cause this to be the best month of your life and grant you what you are asking. May the God of Israel grant you an answer of peace. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end tonight. We're going to jump on this next week. We've got a this is what we're going to do for the next three weeks. We're going to stay in this scripture. There's so much for us to learn. What do we want you to do? Don't let the promise go. God will be kind to you, ladies and gentlemen. Have a wonderful evening. I'll see you next week.